Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and friends beyond binary, it's time for the podcaster whose creaky dulcet tones and pointless meanders are here to keep you company, my friends. And to take your mind off of stuff, you're my patrons, you help keep the show going, couldn't do it without you, thank you so much, and what do you say we get on with the show? Uh, hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep? Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do it a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. I'm going to do the rest. What I'm going to attempt to do is, you know, repeat myself when it's necessary. Uh, what I'm going to attempt to do, though, is uh, create a safe place, you know, in rep- repetition, respect, and saying, well, could you give me a second? I'm going to go back and uh, make myself a little bit clearer, though that's not my forte. You know, my favorite, I've said it before, my favorite forte, Will Forte. I see my use of the word forte, not as good as my love of Will Forte. Uh, so, oh, I'm going to try to create a safe place. Whether you're a forte it's for, or you're just fortuitous or neither, or neither, I'm going to try to create a safe place here. I'm smoothing it, I'm patting it, I'm rubbing it down. You know, if McGruber, I think McGruber, is it McGruber? I can't, I can't pronounce very many words, but... Uh, MacGruber, MacGruber could you? I don't know if MacGruber needs a safe place or MacGruber's friends do. But you'd say, like, if there was a, you know, if I wrote, uh, well, I did write MacGruber. I do do admit, uh, uh, I did write a MacGruber after dark novel. But it was it was trying to be like a little bit romantic too. It was called uh, the cave within my heart. well, then I said, then I, well, that was my initial title. And I said, well, what does that have to do with, how's that McGrubery, Scoots? And then some part of my brain said, Scoots, are you sure Will Forte played McGruber? And I say, hmm, hey, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Uh, but wh- okay, Scoots, what were you saying? Oh, oh well, I was going to, yeah, then I said, count down to the, uh, yeah, I said, you're right, I probably have to brainstorm that title. It was a little bit too romantic, The Cave Within My Heart, huh? But it is a sleep podcast, too, so I couldn't say anything like action-packed. Oh, who's MacGruber? Or what does this have to do with a sleep podcast in a safe place? Those are great questions. Uh, Let me get to them before I move on. So MacGruber, maybe you've heard of MacGyver. MacGruber was uh, another, like, very similar to MacGyver. Uh, But kind of like, well, I guess we do have a good analogy here. Kind of like a regular podcast would have already gotten to the point. Uh, If MacGyver is your regular run of, I mean, there's no such thing as a regular run-of-the-mill podcast. That's the best thing about podcasting. There's so much out there, and it's all different. But let's just say that MacGyver was a podcast, uh... Uh, MacGyver would be like, okay, well, give me that. Okay, give me a couple pieces of story there, and I'll put it together in a concise uh, way that works. Uh, MacGruber and Scoots, like I would be that, I'd say, well, okay, give me some bubblegum. What are you going to do with the bubblegum? Fix this uh, story issue, Scoots? No, I'm going to chew it. 
want to have fresh breath while I fix this. Uh, so, oh, but what was McGruber? That's what I was trying to explain, not uh, something else. Oh, McGruber's like a, I don't know if a parody version of MacGyver, uh, but a, a less competent MacGyver, but with the heart of MacGyver and the skills of me. Maybe. So, oh, uh, what does any of that have to do with the podcast or the other thing I was supposed to remember? I don't remember the other thing. But what I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you could set aside whatever's keeping you awake. And the way I'm going to do that is I'm going to send my voice across the deep, dark night. I'm going to use lulling, soothing, creaky, dulcet tones, pointless meanders, superfluous tangents. I'm going to go off topic. I'm going to get mixed up. I mean, you've already seen that. Pointless meanders, superfluous tangents, and mixed up stuff. Uh, All to take your mind off stuff so you can fall asleep. So whatever's keeping you awake, whether it's uh, thoughts. Did I say this already? Thoughts you're thinking about, like things on your mind. Uh, Feelings, any feelings coming up for you. Physical sensations. uh, Changes in schedule or routine. You know, maybe you work a second or third shift. Maybe you're on a break from work or you're, you know, on call. Or maybe you just got, you know, you know stuff that's keeping you from sleep. Sometimes it's baffling. Yeah, whatever it is, I'm here to take your mind off of that. And that's why I said I'm going to send my voice across the deep, dark night to do that. Now, a couple of things that in a MacGruber, most magruberous way, I don't even know if that's a word, but... uh also, now I'm like, wait a second, is MacGruber that, like uh, the Will Forte character, or is that a character on The Simpsons? I don't know. But uh, so if you're new, a few things to know that you'd say, well, a little late now, I'd say, yep, that's how we do it here. Uh, like uh, right on time, bar- barely ever right on time. Uh, but a couple of things to know. One, this podcast is not for everybody. So if you're skeptical or doubtful or you're like, what is with the creaky dulcet tones or pointless meanders, uh, give it a few tries. And again, the podcast is free. So you you could give it a few tries. I'm not even pressuring you to do that. But most listeners, uh, most listeners, and this is like a pretty steady feedback I get on like a daily basis. They say, hey, it took two or three tries before I got used to the show. And realize it won't ever make any sense, and that's what makes the most sense about it. Uh, and then I realized it, you know, then I was like, oh, wait, if, as soon as I stopped trying to figure out what was going on and ex- accept the fact that it was unfigurable, or, yeah, as soon as I accepted you were no MacGyver, which is my first instinct, as soon as you opened your mouth, uh, it's funny, my brain said that person is no MacGyver, and I mean either MacGyver, either. The, and maybe there's been more than two MacGyvers, I only know of two. Uh, there's a younger MacGyver who would say he's new MacGyver, maybe, I don't know. And then there's Richard Dean Anderson MacGyver. Uh, so, and then there's MacGruber, and you say, well, you, you're uh, you're more like, more like MacGruber. I'd say like Mick Uber, like uh, the Uber, no, Mick Goober, I said. Oh, well, yeah, that kind of makes sense. Uh, Like, so there's MacGyver, 
MacGruber, MacGyver 1, MacGyver 2, MacGruber, and I'm McGoober, uh, and I'm and not like a, like a goober, uh, and I, technically I'm not sure I can agree to that, because I'm not positive what a goober is, because it might be something that's not sleepy, so I got to kind of move on. But if it's something that uh, exists in the world, like kind of like, uh, could we agree to j- j- just for now say that that term means uh, homemade sparkle slime uh, in, or slime with the puffy stuff inside? Okay, good. I'm glad we could agree to that. Oh, I'm supposed to be talking about the podcast. You're right. So this podcast is not for everybody, but give it two or three tries to see how it goes. Oh, because I was saying, once the regular listeners realize that I'm more, much more MacGruber uh, than MacGyver, they said, oh, okay, I get it now. I don't really have to pay attention. Don't got, He's not going to figure anything out. It would be like that. Like we said, okay, now give me that. Okay, now give me a, uh, uh, give me a bag of jasmine rice. Okay, uh, uh, give me, uh, give me a, a magnifying glass. Okay. Okay, now I need some earmuffs. Okay, hand those to, okay, what, what are you doing? Oh, let me look closer. Hold on. Uh, do you have a cheese stick? Okay, let me put that in there. And, okay, uh, now, uh, hold on, I need a break. I just, get, get, like, uh, and then I would take a break. But in this case, I'm coming back to you. Uh, so give the show a few tries. That is one thing I should have told you, like, 11 minutes ago. Uh, the second thing to know is, uh, uh despite, oh, despite case you don't need to listen to, that's what I was trying to say that whole time. Also, this isn't really a podcast to put you to sleep. It's here to be here, keep you company and take your mind off stuff as you fall asleep. So I'm kind of like your boar friend, your boar bait, your boar, like your boar bestie, your boar bud. Uh, I'm here to kind of just take your mind off stuff, be at your side, be your companion like, what if MacGruber or MacGyver had it? Do they have anyone on that show that goes, uh-huh, okay. Like, I would just be handing, like, technically, that would be my job. Uh, uh-huh, okay. Chopsticks, okay, there you go. Uh-huh, okay, okay. Well, let me look in the bag. Uh, burlap sack, there you go. Okay. Okay, uh, two, two eyes made out of coal, there you go, you got it. Uh, button nose, the only button nose I see is on you, uh, MacGyver one. I don't know. Is that, is that a, 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 in term of endearment? So, uh, my job's here to be here to take your mind off stuff, keep you company as you drift off. So podcast you don't need to listen to, no pressure to fall asleep. That's why the shows are about an hour. And if you can't sleep or you find yourself, you need a break during the day, you want to take a nap or you just want a little mental escape, this podcast is here for you. Or you wake up during the night. Uh, the reason the shows are about an hour is to give you plenty of time to drift off. Uh, so, But if you can't sleep, I'm here to the very end. Like I said, uh, I'm, I'm here to keep you company awake or asleep. Uh, so I think one of the things about MacGruver and MacGyver is competence. Uh, and then you'd say, I'm on, this, I'm on the other side of competence. Like you'd say... I don't think there's any way you can quibble uh, that MacGyver is highly competent, either MacGyver or either MacGyver. 
Uh, I was just wondering if Richard Dean Anderson was also in that movie, or that uh, show Air Air Puppy or whatever about the helicopter. I think so. Uh, anyway, so uh, where was I? Oh, I, yeah, I'm not very competent at getting to the point. I'm confident at... Uh, I'm confident in my incompetence. I mean, that's the truth. Oh, the other thing, and this is way too late to tell you this, but just in case, like, the structure of the show is very different. So most podcasts start off, uh, they do a quick intro, then they probably have some business, then they do, like, a setup, and then they might have some business, and then they have the thing. Our show is, I guess, kind of like that. We have a greeting, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, friends beyond the binary. So everybody would say hello to everybody. Then we do business for a few minutes. Then we have an intro, which goes from like minute four or minute six to about minute 20, 22. And the intro just kind of goes on and on like we've been doing tonight, where I kind of get distracted and follow those distractions wherever they're going. And so for the new listener, you could say, what is this? Uh, but the regular listener... What it does is it eases you into bedtime, or it gives you a chance to get ready for bed, or to start your wind-down routine. Or if you're in bed, it gives you a chance to get comfortable. Your familiar friend Scoots is here, and instead of like an action-packed night of uh, you know dreamy hunks like the, the MacGyvers, or, I mean, talk about a hunk in my opinion, Will Forte... You know, he's making you laugh and look like, uh, I mean, easy on the eyes, I'd say. Yeah, so, like, instead of that, you say, I don't know what my point was. Uh, instead of that, uh, you say, oh, okay, Scoots is here. I'm just going to kind of barely listen. To it. Yeah, my friend's here to keep me company and not get to the point. Uh, I don't have to worry about it. Uh, he's just going to go, uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. Instead of like, okay, what are we dealing with here? You know, okay, we got the ticking clock, McGruber. We got to figure it out. So, okay, so there's that. And then, I don't know what, oh, so that's the intro. Then there's some business. Uh, Then there'll be a story, like a a bedtime story. Tonight it'll just be a one-off kind of random thing. And then there's some thank yous and some good nights at the end. So that's the structure of the show. And I think that's kind of everything. The only thing left to tell you is, uh, like, the reason I make the show. And I make the show, one, because I've been there. I know how it feels. Uh, I woke up this morning wicked early, and I couldn't get back to sleep. But I've also have trouble on all, you know, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep. Uh, tossing and turning, you know, all, all that stuff I've dealt with. Uh, and I know how it feels, and it doesn't feel good to me. And it's nice to have someone there to keep you company and take your mind off stuff, in my opinion. So I hope I could provide that for you. But more important than that is you. And it's my belief in my knowledge that you deserve a good night's sleep. You deserve a place where you can rest and get away. And I hope I can provide that for you. Now, like I said, it doesn't work for everybody. So you can check out sleepwithmepodcast.com slash no thank you for other stuff. But that's really why I'm here is to see see if I can help. Uh, so let's see how it goes. Yeah, like most listeners say, guess see how it goes two or three times. Then you realize, oh, it's kind of going no nowhere-ish. Somewhere, oh, it's the maps. It's kind of like, like figuring out one of those... 
mazes that's really complicated, like with the with a crayon, and you say, well, my crayon is, uh, it's one of those, the crayon is wider than the maze. I'd say, well, that's the perfect analogy for sleep with me. Complicated maze where the crayon is wider than the maze. Uh, I'm amazed you came up with that, and I, I, I can understand it, but it barely makes sense to even me. So I'm glad you're here. I really appreciate you checking the show out, giving me your time, and I really hope I yearn and I strive because I want to help you fall asleep. Uh, and here's a couple ways we're able to bring this show for free. All right, hey, everybody. It's Scoots here, and we're doing, we may, I know I can't make any guarantees in this episode. This is a board, board game unboxing, and we may unbox two games. This may be a two-for-one Though I'm wondering if I already unboxed one of these games. We'll find out. That would be pretty funny. But did I? I don't think I did. Because I had three games. And I said, wait a second. Did I already do this game? But I don't think I did because there's still tape on it. That'd be interesting. But so I have two board games. They come in. They came in smaller boxes. They're more card and pip-based games. And I bought them in... Uh, Late February from uh, my local uh, or one of my local used uh, stores, like late February, uh, I was there and uh, uh, Rocket Reuse, it's called. And I do know they're still posting stuff on Facebook and probably on their website uh, for, for uh, you know, that you could still get uh, through new ways uh but I'm going to talk about these two games I picked up there. And so a board game unboxing episode is basically where I unbox a board game that I've never opened before. And I've never played it before because uh, I love board games and I found that they're very uh, lulling. So the first game, uh, I don't know, it caught my eye. It's a very, very ornate art and I'll be honest, at some point it was like almost, I said, wait a second, is this too ornate for Scoots? Uh, but it caught my eye. Really, really detailed art. Uh, uh, the game is called Masquerade. And I'm looking at the top of the box now. The box is a rectangle about the size of uh, two or three decks of cards. Um, yeah. I would say maybe, yeah, two, two and a half decks of cards. It's about as thick as two decks of cards, uh, the box. A really high-quality box. It has that, like, um, what do you call it, like a material-type finish, uh, like a weave to it. Um, it Above Masquerade, it says Bruno Fai-Duti, fa, uh, F-A-I-D-U-T-T-I. A-I is I, right? Fai-Duti. Uh and then it has a, a very, very uh, ornate mask uh, for a masquerade, like ball, friendly masquerade ball. And it's real. It has some plumes and feathers, which are di- so it has plumage and feathers, flowers, uh, jewels, another layer of flowers, layers of material. Uh, then it has coins. Uh, it won an award. Uh, uh, from Khan uh, in 2014, some sort of board game award, so or nominee. I'm not sure because it's in French. Uh, the game is for two to thirteen players, ages ten plus, and the time should be thirty minutes. 
And the per- producer of the game is Repost Production, R-E-P-O-S Production. So that's everything on the cover of the box. Uh, on one side of a box is an alluring figure whose cover, her face is partially covered. She's in a gown. Uh, this game is 10 plus, though, so uh, I'm not expecting anything more than uh, alluring. It says a Bruno Faduti and Masquerade. It repeats uh, 2 to 13 players. That's a lot of players for one game. I don't know why it couldn't be 12 or 14 either. That's interesting to me. Maybe there's 13 characters, 10 plus, and 30 minutes, and then it has a repost production uh, symbol. And the other long side of the box, it has uh, two ovals with portraits of characters in there. One, a purple character, looks a bit like a trickster, and it says masquerade in the middle. Then the other character on the right side is uh, more of a dashing type character, neither one wearing a masquerade. I mean, they look like, I don't know, we'll find out more in the box. And the ends of the box, it says other stuff. So let's see. Uh, masquerade. Judge or thief, a king or peasant, witch or bishop. Enter the masquerade and unmask your opponents. Uh, assume the role of up to 13 characters with the ultimate goal of being the richest player by the end of the game. So that sounds fun. And let's see. There's a, a queen. I'll read through the cards because I can't read them all. It looks like there's some other things. It comes with 14 of something, 14 character cards, 86 coins, one bank symbol. Uh, The art is by uh, Jeremy Masson. Uh, Game was repost production 2014 for all versions uh, CE Repost Productions is uh, Belgium and uh, not suitable for children under three. And that's everything. So I'm going to open the box now. Now, it, it, this is a used game, so but it's been checked, I think, for all parts. So when I o- first open it up, it has the rules. Uh, well, let me put it down and I'll be back. Uh, so when I first open up the box, it has, uh, let's see, it has uh, the rules. It has these masquerade cards, which kind of have, like, on your turn what you could do. But we're not going to read those quite yet. It has uh, three of those. And those aren't, they're printed on a, a hardy card, card stock, or I mean, maybe not card stock, but... Uh, uh, then in the, the cover, we have a full view of uh, the character, the alluring character... And I guess we see that the mask on the cover, she's also wearing a very fancy hat. Not just a masquerade mask, but a very, very fancy hat. And we won't look at the rules just yet. But I'm going to kind of go into the box first. Okay, so in the box is, uh, first there's a bank symbol. I'm assuming it's a bank symbol. It's the same on both sides. It's very... It's about the size of a human hand. It's definitely thick cardboard. And it has, it doesn't have Doric, I think, I don't know if those are iconic columns. Uh, It has statues. It's a marble bank. It looks more like a museum. 
It has two uh, gold statues holding the scales of justice and two winged lions on either side. So it could be a library, but we know it's probably a bank for the game. So it could be Masquerade Hall. Okay, so that's one thing in there. Then another thing, because uh, all the pieces are loose, there's some small uh, rectangular game pieces uh that I don't know what they mean. And then there's some coins. Uh, there's uh, pennies uh, or one cent or, you know, copper pieces. Uh, then there's five pieces, of, like uh, those are silver. And then there's a 10-piece that's gold. And, yeah, then there's these cards and then these square pieces. And the cards are a bit like um, the tarot cards, actually. They're larger than playing cards. They're actually the size of tarot cards. And the reason I say this is because the first one I found, and I'm not kidding, I flipped it over, and it's the Fool. And on the bottom of the card, on a scroll, it says Fool. Below the Fool is a symbol of a sack. Uh, I don't know if it's a sack of money. Uh, then to the left of the fool is like uh, a wax, uh, whatever that thing is called, imprint, uh, like you'd seal a wax seal. With two cards, um, like circling each other, and it says plus one on a, um, a penny, plus one penny, and then it has a very, very detailed drawing of a, of a fool in a masquerade mask, holding like a, a wand, gloves, frills, uh, like a, a, the fanciest jester hat you could ever possibly imagine. So many layers of uh, clothing as well. And that's the, the, the fool. Uh, the next card is a peasant. Uh, and the peasant is underneath peasant on a scroll. It says 8 plus. Uh, then it has a, a sack. And then it says X2. And the peasant is a bearded man. Very, standing very determined. Uh, holding a rake. Uh, with, like, wheat strapped to his back, uh, other tools around his belt. Uh, oh, and then the wax uh, seal, it has plus one, plus two, and then two crossed rakes. Yeah, the next one is a W-I-T-C-H. Uh, and this one is, wow, is this art. It's like greens and yellows. Uh, she has earrings, a very cool hat. She has a potion in one hand and a doll in the other, and the doll has, it's a, it looks like it's a, what do you call those, uh, it was just on Doctor Who, there was a, a similar W-I-T-C-H, oh, like a mannequin doll, made out of, like, burlap, I think, and she's kind of manipulating it, she also has, uh, what do you call those, uh, those things you wear on your wrists that are decorative, not a necklace, but a necklace for your wrist, uh, not a ba- I think you can call them bangles, but they have an actual real name uh, that normally would be simple to remember, but I can't. She's also wearing scarves. Her clothing is many, many layered. Uh, underneath W-I-T-C-H, it does not say anything, but hers shows two different color sacks uh, on her symbol, her seal, circling one another, a blue and a uh, brownish-yellow uh, one. And that's our W-I-T-C-H. 
then another peasant card, then um, W-I-D-O-W. And this is one of the people from the side of the box. She does have a trickster look to her face. She's in all lavenders and grays and deep purples. Underneath her widow is a sack. Then on her seal it says, like, equals ten sacks. Uh, She's also holding some sort of, like, a pouch. So maybe they're not sacks, they're pouches. She seems to be holding a pouch. It's decorative. In other, her other hand, she's holding a black uh, masquerade mask uh, with its eyes lowered. It has a purple flower. She has a lot of plumage around her. She also has a like a fancy hood hat, even bejeweled. She's got layers of cloaks, and she's in front of. Uh, oh, she's like uh, where where W I D O W would be, I think, visiting. But she looks like a trickster. Wow, this game is loaded. Then the next person is, a, is like a, an, an investigator, but not an inquis, inquisitive person. Uh, and below them, it just says 8 plus. And the inquisitive person, it says a question mark card plus four pennies. Uh, and this person looks like uh, they're uh, warm uh, in their inqu- inquisitive nature. They're pointing at a scroll very heartily, and their mouth is open like they're making a speech. They're also holding a symbol uh, that has different symbols to it. They have, like, multiple layers to their outfit, Um and yeah, that's it. The next person, so this has got a little D and D feel to it too, I guess, or role playing. Uh, is an SPY, like I spy with my little eye. An SPY. They don't have anything uh, that's different than SPF. Uh, they don't have anything below their symbol. Then they have an eye with two cards circling one another. And they're out in the evening, and they're spy- they're saying, "I spy with my little eye a candle uh, in the sky." And then they have like they have like multiple cloaks, good for sneaking around. In their belt, they have some scrolls and some other things. Uh, the next person is someone that borrows stuff without returning it. Uh, they go by a different name. And they look like they're already borrowing stuff with it. Like they say, okay, I just borrowed some stuff from my friend. This is what I mean. Uh, and uh, to the left on their seal, it has like a two pennies pointing at one another, plus one, plus one. So I'm still not quite understanding the gameplay. It seems like each character has the ability to do something. But this person, they say, hey, I borrowed a sack of stuff. Uh, and a lamp. They're also wearing, they have a hood and a masquerade uh, thing. So they say, I'm probably going to go to the ball too after I take all the stuff I borrowed and, you know, you know, re- get it ready to be returned. I used to borrow stuff without per- permission and then get like clothes from my roommates and then I would get stains on them. And then the clothes would become mine. Uh, th- they still joke about it or I'd say, well, va- like I forgot where I put that. So I still have many amends to make. Uh, ooh, this art is very, uh, like, uh, so the next person is a bishop. Um, 
And they don't look like the most generous kind. They look like the kind cloaked because they're holding, it says max plus two on their um, seal. And they are very, they're like dressed in fineries, I'd say. On, on their left hand, they have many, many rings and glove. Uh, and they're holding like a staff with a symbol and three things of incense. They have a very high uh, hat with jewels. They also have a box full full of like uh, donations, I would assume, of gold and uh, um, what are those things called? Pearls. And their face looks like they're used to eating very like they they they, they eat a lot of finery. Uh, next up is the king, uh, who uh, is regal. Holy cow! They have a lot of layers too. They're wearing a crown. They seem to be in a fancy tented room. It says plus three. They also have a sack below them. And, uh, oh, they even are sitting. Oh, I guess they're standing between a throne. It doesn't look like they're sitting down, but they have two, like, stone or wooden lions on either side of them. Uh, after the, after that is a judge, uh, and it has a picture of the bank plus X, it says, on their seal. And below them, it has an exclamation point. The judge has, like, the judge thing where they knock and they say, order, order, order. Uh, They have uh, something to write with, a quill with the fancy plume. They're holding some sort of book that seems like, you know, the book of rules and stuff. They're in a library. They have a very, uh, like, a face like a lion, and they have the curly hair that judges have in movies and stuff, uh, or, or, you know, like a Tory. I don't know if those are what uh, Tories. I don't know what else to call him. And they're in a lot of blue. Again, very nice outfits. Uh, next up is the queen. And uh, I, I don't think she's the one from, like, uh, she's very... Uh, say, holy cow. I don't know if I could, like... Uh, have feelings for playing card, but I may. Uh, below her is a sack, and then it says plus two for pennies for her seal. She's holding a masquerade mask in one hand on a stick. Uh, she has rings. She's uh, she has a very like a hat, like it, or I don't know what you call it. Like she has a crown, but she has that thing that has two puffs that go up each side. Uh, she has some, what are those, peacock feathers or peacock plumage. She has a big collar, a uh, lot of, like, jewels and earrings and uh, frilly stuff. Uh, oh, here's the other person from the cover, cover uh, or one of the sides. So the person that doesn't play by the rules. Uh, and so that was a person that has a, like, uh, like a brash kind of look on their face. They're holding two cards behind their back. It looks like aces. It says plus 10, and it's surrounded in olive leaves on their seal. They're holding two aces behind their back and then holding some other cards forward and looking over their shoulder. They have a, a couple plumes in their fancy hat, no mask, uh, they're kind of doing a flourish. They say, yeah, I don't play by the rules. I bend the rules because I C-H-E-A to the T. Uh, then we have the fool. I think that's everything. I think those are all the characters. Let me run through them again. 
Yeah, so there's like 14 character cards. Then there's, um, oh, I guess there's these little symbols. Maybe these go on the board or something. There's one for the peasant uh, that kind of has a thing like the bottom of their card, uh, plus one, plus two, with two rakes. I see the bishop. Uh, it has their face. These are these little square symbols, max plus two. Oh, and then on the other side, it's just artwork of them. Then I have the Inquisitive Fellow, and it says uh, question mark card plus four. Uh, we have a mothering figure. I didn't see her. I didn't use her card, but she has uh, nothing on her symbol. Uh, we have the spy who has an eye with two cards circling one another. Uh, we have the person that doesn't play by rules with an olive plus ten. Uh, we have the judge with the bank, or the I guess the house of judging, plus X uh, coins. Uh, we have the king, it says plus three. Uh, we have the fool, who I know well, of course, uh, who has coins going in each direction, plus one, plus one. Uh, we have, wait a second, if there's a fool... Oh, no, that wasn't the fool. That was the uh, person that takes stuff without permission, because now I'm seeing the fool who has plus one with coins circling one another. They both had masks on. That's why I get those two mixed up. Uh, we have the uh, person who's, uh, you know, just ex dealing with loss. That's uh, equal 10 sack. And then we have another peasant. It looks like there's two peasants. Uh, and we have the W-I-T-C-H with two things circling one another. And the queen, I'll probably keep this one with me, just for inspiration, uh, plus two coins. Uh, so I still don't have an idea of the rules, but let's look on this turn card. Uh, on your turn, you could do any one of the following you could swap your card, you could look at your card secretly, or you can announce a character to activate their power. And if you're the spy, you could look at their card and another and then swap them or not. Uh, if you're the bishop, you could take two gold coins from the richest of the other players. If you're, ju if you're the judge, you could take all of the courthouse's gold. If you're the person that takes stuff with borrows stuff without asking, you could take one gold coin from each adjacent player. If you're the queen, you would receive two gold coins. If you're the king, you would receive three gold coins. Uh, if you're the WTICH, uh, or however you spell that, you'd swap your entire fortune with that of another player of their choice. Uh, if you're the peasant, you receive one gold coin. If there are two peasants, you each receive two gold coins. Uh, if you're the fool, you get one gold coin and swap or not uh, two cards other than their own. If you're the person that doesn't play by the rule, you win the game if you have ten or more coins. Uh, if you're the person with loss, uh, you receive gold coin. You receive coins from the bank until you have a total of ten. So does it mean you get? Well, I'll have to ask that. Uh, if you're the inquisitive person, you could point in another player who must guess their character, who their character is. 
or give the Inquisitor uh, four coins. So it seems to be kind of like a, a um, kind of a game of uh, like a, maybe you don't know what your cards are. Okay, so let's see. I'm gonna go through the rules quickly here. Uh, or talk slowly though. Masquerade is a bluffing game, a character-based bluffing game. Two to thirteen players. Each player has a face-down character card. During the game, the players will swap characters, and no one is ever sure of the card they have in front of themselves. Uh, the object of the game is to use the powers of the characters to obtain 13 gold coins. However, if any player goes bankrupt, the play game ends and the richest player wins. Uh, is this, isn't this the same rules as life? Hardy uh, har. not talking about the game of life. Uh, uh, for the first few games, we suggest limiting the group to four to eight players. Does uh, any more require in-depth knowledge of the rules? So this could be a fun, all you know, family game. Like, uh, so come, we go through the contents. Uh, each player starts with six gold coins, and the, the player must keep their coins visible. Remaining money is uh, placed in the center of the table. Uh, which will be the bank. And then there's the courthouse, which is some distance from the bank. Uh, and then depending on the number of players, you kind of keep it a certain, um, you take or remove uh, characters from the game. Uh, then the character cards are shuffled. Each player receives one face up in front of them. Uh, with four or five players, the remaining cards are placed face up in the middle of the table. When all players have taken a good look at the cards, they're all turned face down. Uh, the character tokens are used to keep track of which characters are present in the game, place them next to the courthouse, and the youngest player begins, and then it goes clockwise. Uh, for subqu- subsequent games, you could use other character combinations, but keep in mind the judge must play a uh, minimum of one-third, if not more, of the characters should bring money from the bank into gameplay. Those characters are Queen, King, Widow, Fool, and Peasants. Uh, both peasant characters must always be included in the gameplay. And if a character has an A-plus icon, that means that they must be A-players to be included. Those are uh, peasants and inquiries. I don't know. That doesn't make sense. Uh uh, in, in games with more than five players, you could choose to add more cards in the middle of the table as in games with four or five players. Uh, game turn. In the first four turns, meaning the first four players, uh, are preparation terms solely meant to indu- introduce a bit of uncertainty into the game. The first player, the youngest, and the next three players clockwise all must perform the same action. The players whose turn it is takes the card face down and another one face down, another face down card of their choice, uh, either that of another player or the middle of the table. And then while being concealed under the table and without looking at them, they can swap the two cards or not before putting them back in place. Okay, so then you start mixing the cards up on the fifth turn. Uh, the game begins in earnest, and each player must perform only one action. Swap their card or not under the table. Look at their card or announce their character. 
Warning, if a player has revealed their card during the turn of the player immediately before them, by having called the character announcements of the player to the right or having been revealed by the Inquisitor, then the player cannot announce that they are their revealed character. The player will be forced to swap their card. Uh, swap their card or not. This allows a player to secretly swap or not their card with another player. You take your card in one hand without looking at it, take the card of another player without looking at it, then other, under the table, out of the sight of all the players, swap their cards or not, keep one of the two cards and return the other card to the player from whom you took it or in the middle of the table. Remember, players are not allowed to look at the cards and they must remain face down. Even the player whose card was taken is not allowed to look at the card that was returned to them. So it's kind of complicated. Uh, it's possible that the player who performs the action no longer remembers whether the cards were swapped or not. That's too bad. Example, Adele forgot who their character was, but she's almost certain about Bruno's. On her turn, she takes her card as well as Bruno's under the table and swaps them. She returns one and keeps it to Bruno for herself. Uh, secretly look at your card. That means you can secretly look at your card. If a player looks at their card by mistake, then they must perform that action on their turn. Announce their character. This is the main activity of the game. It allows players to activate the power of their character. When a player announces they are a character, all other players in turn, starting on the left and going clockwise, have the option of calling the active player's announcement by claiming to be the same character. If no one else claims to be the character, the player applies the power of the character without revealing their card. Okay, so there you go. It's like the bluffing part. Therefore, it's possible to use the power of any character in the game without being that character, even without knowing who you are. If one or more players also claim to be that character, all concerned players uh, uh, reveal their cards. If one of the players is in character, that player uses the character's power. Uh, then the players have falsely claimed to play a fine of one gold to the courthouse. Uh, then all the players turn their cards again. So Bruno would say, I'm the king. And if no other players say it, then Bruno gets the power of the king. If Adele and Cedric also claim to be the king, they would reveal it and play a coin. Like whoever's not the king. And then we went through the kind of uh, uh, powers. The person, person, I spy person gets to look at their card and another player's card or a card before swapping or not. Uh, uh, the bishop takes two gold coins from the richest of the other players. Um, uh, the fool receives a gold coin from the bank and swaps uh, or not the cards of two other players under the table without looking at them. The inquisitive, inquisitive person points at another player. That player must then announce what they believe to be their character and reveal their card. If they're wrong, they must pay four gold coins to the inquisitor. If they aren't wrong, the power has no effect. It has to be eight players if you're using the Inquisitor. Uh, the judge takes all the coins in the courthouse um, 
And if the judge is falsely claimed, the judge, the fine is paid after the judge's power is resolved. Um, a peasant gets a gold coin from the bank or two if there's two pleasant peasants revealed during a turn. Oh, they both get paid. The queen gets two coins from the bank. The king gets three. The WTICH can swap her fortune with any player. Uh, fine is always paid after. The person that doesn't play by the rules, uh, if they win if they have ten coins. Uh, the person with loss uh, gets ten coins to the bank to get their fortune to ten coins. Uh, they have ten or more coins, they don't get anything. So Adele, this is an example for this one because I didn't understand it. Uh, Adele only has one gold coin left. She says, I'm the person with loss. Uh, Harry calls her bluff and claims it. Adele and Harry reveal their cards. Adele's the queen. Harry is uh, the person with loss. If he has less than 10 coins, he gets all the coins from the bank till he has 10. Uh, Adele pays a fine of one coin. And uh, actually, the game ends because she only had one coin. Uh, and the person that takes stuff, borrows stuff, uh, they take one coin from the player to the left and one coin from the player to the right. As soon as the player has 13 coins or, uh, or lose, some player loses their last gold coin, the game ends and the richest player wins. Uh, there is a way to play it with three players or even two players, uh, and it has instructions for that. And that so that's that game. Uh, this next game is called The Builder's Middle Ages, and it has what looks like a cathedral being built, uh, someone working on a marble block, and someone looking at plans, and a couple of people carrying wood. This is the front cover. Also, the R has a crown on it for builders. And there's, uh, what do you call that stuff, scaffolding, and even a marble block being carried up to one of the towers of the cathedral. There's also another building on the right, just to add a little flourish. It's kind of a cartoony drawing. This is a tin. It's a square, about the size of two decks of cards. And it has raised writing. So the one of the builders and one of the planners is raised, as well as the building on the right, like pressed into the tin. So that just adds like this 3D effect, uh... And then on the top, it has a light bulb and then Friedrich Henry. So I guess the idea concept by Friedrich Henry and a, a brush, a Sabrina Miramon. So I guess art by Sabrina Miramon. On one of the sides of the box, it says Bombix, uh, which it must be the company. Then it has 10 plus for age, two to four people in 30 minutes. And another side, it has Builders Middle Ages with the crown on the R and a person, uh, just a pro in profile. Then the other side, again, it says 10 plus, uh, 2 to 4 and 30 minutes. And then on another side, it says the Builders Middle Ages. On the back side, on the top left, it has like a, a smiling face with some gears. And then it says uh, Worker Placement, Management, and op op Optimization. And then the the right the copy goes uh, becoming the first builder of the kingdom is a dream of any foreman. To realize it, you'll have to have good recruitment with wise choice of your construction sites. Uh, 
as the buildings you construct will earn you renown, but also the money needed to hire more competent workers who themselves will be better able to build more prestigious monuments, such as a cathedral, the masterpiece of a lifetime. Uh, below the copy, it has a townhouse, which it looks like it says two crowns, uh, has some coins, and it has a, build, uh, a couple builder cards. There's a master who has five silver coins. Well, well, I guess we'll look at the cards. Uh, castle and a craftsman. And then it has like more details. Uh, Asmodi is the company, A-S-M-O-D-E-E. Uh, that made the game uh, Pittsburgh, New York, uh, and France. And, yeah, so I'm going to dig into the box. Okay, this game, it looks like it's never been played. It has a ba- ba- unopened bag. Oh, it could have been resealed, I guess, uh, of uh, plastic, gold, and silver coins. But they actually sound like coins, even though they're plastic. And then it has uh, two decks of cards and the instructions. And we'll dig right into the cards. It has square cards the size of a coaster for drinks. Uh, And actually, there's stuff on both sides of the cards. Uh, So on one side is buildings. This one is the Abbey, the first card. It has uh, uh, 18 down silver coins uh, and then five crowns. So it's a resource game, I guess. Then it costs uh, four out of five blocks, uh, three out of five pieces of wood, uh, two out of five um, what looks like um, a compass, uh, some sort of architectural symbol, and then roofing materials, uh, it looks like one. On the other side of the abbey is what the abbey looks like, completed, very beautiful, five crowns. Uh, next up is the inn, which costs 12 silver coins, I'm assuming, with the green arrow down. Three crowns, uh, two blocks, two thi- one thing of wood, one thing of craftsmanship, and two things of roofing. So I guess the inn has more roofing. Uh, that's cool. Ooh, an aqueduct. That's 20 silver coins, six crowns. Uh, Five uh, full, so all the all the marble you could handle. Two things of wood or scaffolding. It takes a five level of skill, but no roofing. I mean, people always forget roofers until you need a roof, right? Uh, and yeah, the other side of the coin always shows what it's like completed, which is cool. Then uh, tree house, which costs six gold coins, one. So a good place to start, one crown, no stone, two two woods, one craftsmanship, and no roofing. Uh, then we have the castle, which costs 20 coins, seven crowns, uh, obviously five uh, stone, uh, three wood, five in craftsmanship, and three in roofing. A uh, wooden shack is uh, eight coins, zero crowns, zero stone, one wood, one craftsmanship, and zero roofing. Uh, chapel is 18 coins and five crowns. Uh, three stone, two wood, two craftsmen, and three roofing. 
and quite nice. It looks completed quite nice. It looks like it even has a couple, uh, a couple stone wheelbarrows and then a nice rose window. Uh, the cathedral, I think that was the pinnacle. It said, uh, uh, 20 coins, eight crowns, um, uh, five stone, four wood, four craftsmanship, and four roofing. So it uses almost everything. Uh, but completed, it's got flying buttresses and everything. Three towers, you know, two two bell towers, and or two, uh, yeah, two bell towers up front, rose win- two rose windows, and then a tower in the middle. A uh, cottage would be nice for me. That's 10 gold coins, two crowns, no stone, two wood, one craftsmanship, and then two in roofing. It's got a nice thatch roof, two stories, or like loft. It's got some chickens in the yard and a nice chimney. Uh, stables, uh, 14 coins, uh, three crowns, and then stone, no stone, three wood. One craftsman, three roofing. Uh, we have the church, 18 coins, five crowns, four stone, zero wood, two craftsmanship, and four roofing. So the church is a lot of, yeah, has a slate roof, uh, even has a weather vane, two rose windows. Uh, cow sheds, 12 coins. I would have put it at much less. I mean, no offense to cows. Uh, three crowns. Uh, no stone, one wood, two craftsmen, three roofing. So it's a pretty long building. It's like a stable, um, which you need for cows. I've definitely seen this building in one of those games uh, wherever you parachute in. Uh, forge is 14 coins, three crowns, uh, two stone, two wood, no craftsmanship, though, and three roofing. So if you're low on craftsmen, but you got the roofs, uh, build a forge. It has a horse out front, even. Covered markets, uh, 16 coins, uh, four crowns, no stone, three wood, two craftsmen, three, one roof. Uh, kind of open market. Uh, hotel is 16 coins, uh, four crowns, one stone, three wood, three craftsmen, one. Ooh, the hotel, it's like it gets bigger as it goes up. So the first floor is small. And then the second, it has four stories. Really nice-looking hotel. Uh, Straw Hut, this is an easy one. I mean, in my opinion, six coins, one crown, one stone, zero wood, zero craftsman, and two roofing. doesn't look, it's around, it's got two chickens and a straw roof, but it's made of stone, even though, you know, it has one stone, yeah. Uh, wash house, uh, six, uh, six coins, one crown, no stone, one wood, no craftsman, two, uh, roofing. So kind of like a water, riverside place to do wash. Uh, the bourgeois house, uh, 16 coins, four, uh, crowns, two stone, two wood, two craftsmen, two roofing. So very balanced, uh, just looks like a nice uh, townhouse, uh. Three stories yeah, it would be a nice place to live. But I maybe I'd prefer the rural house. Uh, it's uh, 10 coins, two crowns, uh, one stone, two wood, one craftsman, one roofing. Uh, yeah, it looks like nice two and a half stories. 
Also, there's a townhouse, which is 10 to... So the townhouse is 10 coins and two crowns as well. Uh, it's all stone, though. Two stone, no wood, two craftsmen, and one, probably because of permits. Uh, also nice, three stories with a little side, like, side storage area. Nice roof. Uh, regular house, 10 coins, two crowns, two stone, one wood, no craftsmen, two roofs. Uh, and that's like a regular one story with loft. Uh, windmills, 14 coins, three crowns, three stone, no wood, three craftsmen, though, and one uh, like uh, one wo- roofing thing. Really nice windmill. A canvas. Uh, got a water mill. I want to get to the workers, though. Stone bridge, covered bridge, a pigsty. Let me look at the pigsty finished. Oh, boy, does that look nice. There's uh, six, uh, one, two, three, four, five adult pigs and two piglets there. Uh, post, a rural relay. Uh, cool. A grain silo, tavern, a bower. Um... Watchtower, a farm, cloister, a crane, circular saw. Some of these are things you could actually use to do other stuff. Oh, yeah, it gives you wood. Oh, so some of these give you resources. Survey tools, a tile oven gives you gives you resources. A crane gives you resources. A circular saw. Okay, so there's more than one. This definitely hasn't been played because they're all in order. Survey tools. And now I'll just run through these cards. I really don't. This, this is probably like one of these resource games uh, rules. There's a, a master builder. They cost, they give, they their five coins go up. So maybe they get paid five coins. Uh, oh, and there's different levels. This guy's a roofing master and that's it. There's also this, another master that's good at roofing and stone. Another one that doesn't have his shirt on. He's really good at stone and good at roofing. Uh, then there's another master uh, who was, his profile was on the cover. He's got uh, three stone and two wood, no roofing or, or skill, like uh, survey skills. Then we got one that's good at uh, three on wood, or two on, uh, he's got a sleeveless shirt on too. He's good at sur- two at surveying. This one, he's got a little hat on. He's good at uh, two on stone, three on wood. Uh, then we have one that's a three on survey, two on roofing. So this is really interesting. So you could get a feel for like, okay, you get your player, your characters, and your what you want to build, and you got to kind of figure it out from there. Uh, this one's good at two on wood, a three on uh, surveying. He's also got like a little plan and nice little belts. Then we have a craftsman. This dude just has a vest on. Like, I mean, he has pants on too, but he's like jacked. Uh, he gets an f- income of four, one on stone, two on uh, survey, one on roofing. Then another craftsman. This dude, again, no shirt. These craftsmen don't wear shirts. He just has an apron on and jean shorts. Uh, uh, then another one who's got a hat and a shirt and a vest on, big biceps. Uh, then another one who's got no sleeves but two layers at least and a belt. 
Then another one who had just has a vest on, very small vest. Uh, he's like busting out of it. Uh, then one that has, uh, uh, looks like he's wearing a backpack in addition to sleeveless shirt and jean shorts, even though these are in the middle ages. Then another one just in a, um, what do you call that? Just an apron. Usually this is like a building after dark, they call it. Uh, then another one, sleeveless shirt. He's got leather gloves too. Then a guy with like just a backpack straps and not, like he's in jean shorts, no shirts. And then one with layers, he's got a belt and an apron and a sleeveless tee. Uh, so there's a, there's a bunch of craftsmen's. Oh wow, there's a lot of craftsmen's. Uh, then there's laborers. They're very uh, the laborers are uh, not as big as the craftsmen. Uh, and there's a lot of different ones of them. So this game looks like fun. So you could check in with me about this game too. And I'll try to play them both and uh, fill you in and uh, on how it went. All right. How does that sound? Uh, good night.